Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Welcome back to Oteal's podcast. I'm the other guy. And I guess I'm Oteal. We got a good one. (laughs) We got a good one for you this week. Um, (laughs) We were hoping to have this air during the days between, but. You know, life just happens, but um, we had Trixie Garcia on this yeah. week and felt very, very uh, blessed and lucky to have her. And man, what a great time we had talking with her. It's just people can't imagine what it's like to grow up in that kind of scene. Like Famous Kids is an interesting, uh, or Kids of Famous People is an interesting topic, but yeah. The Grateful Dead is just a whole nother you know, ball of wax, too. So it's uh, it's what's fun to catch up with her and see how she's doing through the pandemic and all that. And and we had a conscious effort to not, you know, when I talk, when, when we talk to anybody that's the son or daughter of anybody, like you don't want to just make it about their parents. Right? Like Chris like, Farlium. Yeah, exactly. So really, it's just kind of more, you know. We want to know what your life's like. And, and, and it was really cool to get to know, see, the thing that fascinates me, I asked Annabelle the same question about what music did you seek out? Just because you grow up in a music scene doesn't mean you like the music that you were born into. 
you know, like we just assume, you know, like, Hey, does Stella blue mean as much to you as it does to me? And it's like, nah. (laughs) So, you know, it was cool to hear her musical story and, uh, you know, how she escaped the anxieties of this pandemic and all that stuff. So it was really cool to chat with her and, uh, something about Jerry's kids that just, you could see and hear Jerry in them when they talk. It's kind of wild. (laughs) <laughs> isn't it it's been, and uh having never known him but seen a lot of videos and heard a lot of interviews of him you do feel like you know a certain laugh or the timbre of the voice or something you know it's it's a it's an interesting uh yeah. palpable feeling you know it sure is it's nice and it another amazing uh chat and we're also super stoked to have her on because we are sponsored by Garcia Handpicked Cannabis, which is uh, an honor. And it's nice to taste the product and wear the shirts and uh, anything to support the the Grateful Dead uh, you know, world. We're happy to be a part of it. So go to GarciaHandpicked.com if, uh, and find out if it's available in your area. And if not, write your congressman or whatever you got to do. Um, we're here on Osiris home to so many great podcasts, osirispod.com and check us out on Patreon. We've got a lot of cool stuff happening over there. Uh, patreon.com slash comes a time pod. Um, once again, I'm the other guy. This is O'Teal. <laughs> Enjoy the episode, everyone. We love you. We sure do. <laughs> Trixie, the last time I I ran into you at right behind the soundboard at home for the holidays, right before the pandemic started. And um, thanks to O'Teal, I was hanging out right behind the board there and uh, positively fourth street started. And that song, for some reason, I think is like the greatest lyrics ever written in the history of any song. It's just everything you want to tell a person when you're (laughs) flipping them off in your, in your brain, you know? And I just had tears, like I, for some reason it hit me and just tears were streaming down my face and you walked by me and you just gave me like a big nod and a hug. And I was like, yes. And then (laughs) the next song I turn around and you're dancing it up with my wife. And I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. That was the last time I saw you. So remember when we could do that, when you could just give a random person a hug. (laughs) It's pretty neat. Yeah. The shows are going to be different. That's, I mean, you know, staring at the stage gets really boring for me because I feel so judgmental towards all the musicians and whatever their <laughs> microaggressions towards each other or whatever. So, yeah, the real joy is in the in the stands with the fans. And, you know, you look around and you see all these different emotions, all these different stories. And, and that's really a beautiful thing. I wonder how we're going to, you know, I mean, this is not good. This will air after we've started the tour. So we're doing this before tour starts for all of you guys out there. So I'm anticipating like, wow, how different it's going to be. You know, it's this whole uh, the word carefree or being carefree. Like, I hope it's not just over, (laughs) you know? No, I mean, I think that if I think that it's more important than ever, the kind of um, community, the sensation of community that people get from the show. So that's not going to go anywhere. But yeah, passing a joint 
you know, might, might be gone, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely going to think twice about it, but we, we're, we're stronger than that. Like this, this is something that, you know, we, 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 we're bred for, we, we know how to deal with um, adversity, you know, where it's not just, we're not just here for the rainbows and lollipops, right? We have to be in it for the, the good times and the bad times, right? So I know there's people out there that are having a really hard time, you know, with all yeah. the isolation and, and paranoia and whatever. So, you know, there's yeah. no one's alone. We're all in this together. And um, thankfully we have, we have a beautiful, strong community to uh, fall back on when we need them. And it seems like the coming out of the, you know, obviously it seems now with this uptick in Delta cases and all that, like we've had a little hiatus, we had a little recess and we got to see each other and get back together with people. And there seems to be a mental health thing. There's a variant of this that's in our psyches now that getting back together with people that maybe relationships were different before COVID relationships were different before one year alone. And, uh, now you're seeing people and you're like, wow, that's a whole other side of you and me that I didn't really know existed. (laughs) I like, I'm happy for it. You know, everybody (sighs) needed to slow down and take a look at what was important in their lives and stuff. Just the, the, the pace that, that our cult modern culture goes at is, is ridiculous. side of that whole thing is everybody gets to stay home and and check out who their family is you know who their friends really are and stuff like that it's it's been a learning experience for i think everybody as far as that goes i'm glad you're so positive about it because i find myself <laughs> we need that yeah i mean it's it, it's a relief because i i tend to go negative recently i've been through a lot recently you know, this whole, the world kind of goes crazy macro and then also micro, you know, but I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, I worry as I watch people go into concerts, I really do try to be empathetic and, and be like, yeah, they're, they don't care about distancing and masks and all that stuff right now, because they're so starved for each other <laughs> and us, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, I guess. Yeah, from the stage, I guess the front row is going to look a lot different, huh? I mean, and you, you sit up there playing and looking at people, going like, "Oh man, you, I know those guys are strangers and they're breathing all over each other. Like, what the heck?" <laughs> I wonder. Like, there's so it's such a myriad of things that I'm wondering. Like, how different is this going to be? You know, I mean, uh-huh. some of it I know. Like, there's certain. There's just a lot of the faces on the front are the same from gig to gig. And I've become friends with a small section of like rail riders, you know, and some of them are not coming. They're like, Nope, not doing it. You know? So like part of that, I'm going to miss their faces. But then another part is going to be like you said, I'm not going to be worried. Like guys, give each other, you know, two more feet or stop the show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I bet like, you know, that just occurred to me. I bet Bob is going to, stop the show sometimes go hey y'all uh try take to take a big step yeah. back and then a step to your left and a step to your right and another step to your left and right <laughs> put a mask on if you can put i know a mask it's hot on. you know 
I, I mean, I had tickets to quite a few shows and I had to kind of make that call myself and just be like, do I really want to travel? I travel for work doing comedy and it's like, I'm, if I'm going to travel, it's got to, I have to pick my battles and kind of choose who I'm going with and maybe do more solo and meet up with the people that I know are kind of like-minded or safe or whatever. But yeah, it's, there's these little, there's these smaller shows that have been popping up lately that seem to have that same spirit, but you're not inundated with 50, 60,000 people, all yeah. cattle calling into one entrance or you're waiting in huge lines for bathrooms or whatever. And I'm kind of finding that I really enjoy like the smaller gigs lately. Being have you able been to kind of like <laughs> to see oh, shows see. and stuff. You know, I, I don't think I have. <laughs> if you had to take that long. <laughs> I mean, the world, you know, we just had days between. So, yeah, the, you know, the gig energy has been around me. But no, I've been I've been really happy to kind of check out this year and kind of, you know, get back to myself because, you know, for that's a whole nother story about just, you know, how distracting all of that can be wonderful, but um, distracting. So, uh, yeah, I haven't I think I saw like. I think I went to brunch somewhere and there was a guy playing guitar and I was like, holy shit, this is the first live music I've seen in like a year. Wow. He's great. You know, <laughs> are you planning on, are you planning on still staying in? Are you going to venture out a little bit to see music or how do you feel? I'm gonna, I, um, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, I did just cancel a trip. I was going to go to Cleveland for the, uh, we have a show at the rock and roll hall of fame right now. And, um, and, and again, the Delta variant thing just kind of like spiked up and, you know, I'm, I'm as vulnerable, I'm as susceptible to the paranoia and everything as everyone else. And, and I, and it's a real, it's not just paranoia, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a real thing. I don't want to, I'm, I, I urge everyone to get vaccinated. Don't, you know, don't think that you know more than all of these scientists. It's, it's a really unfortunate thing to see how many people, um, are using their critical thinking wrong in this situation. You know, we want people to to question authority and do all that stuff. But um, as far as this vaccine goes, it's, it's you're applying it wrong. Yeah, I think it's been enough time for people. I was skeptical of it. Yeah, we, I think we all but, were, right? Yeah, but I, yeah. I, you know, there's been enough time to see how it reacts to different cross sections of the population like yeah well, ahead, having someone like donald trump in charge when all this hap started right it was a bit yeah. it was suspicious <laughs> yeah remember when the everything. summer was gonna kill it uh yeah. sorry, to, sorry to bring up a bad memory but yeah <laughs> uh, well you know like my, my wife's in healthcare, and the thing that's sad right now for them at the hospital is that all of the hospitalization well 99.9% of all the hospitalizations minus children that are below the vaccination age, they're all preventable. And yeah. these are folks that are now coughing and wheezing and they're going, is it too late to get the vaccine? Can I get it now? And they're like, no, nah, it's too late. So these are exhausted nurses and doctors that are fighting a easily preventable situation. And that's my heart goes out to them really, you know, like those are the folks yeah. that they're not going to, they're not going to judge. They're not going to question your political belief. They're going to try to save your life while killing themselves. And that's the real bummer, you know? That's the, yeah, it's like a, 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 
a clinic full of drunk drivers or something, right? You gotta you gotta <laughs> save them, even though they've been careless. You know, exactly. That's, That's really true. Uh, so I I want to hear about the good part where you said like. Because I feel the same way where I think the reset that everybody got, while it wasn't by choice, um, unless you went through something catastrophic financially or whatever, I probably came out on the other end, hopefully came out on the other end, like, wow, that was really good for me. How do you, how do you feel like it ended up hurting you even, even if you didn't want to, you know, eat that broccoli right away or so much of it? Um. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I've lost face. I've lost a couple friends. Like I had, um, you know, one friend who, you know, went down the like weird QAnon portal. That was, um, very upsetting for me. Another friend who was anti-vaxxing, um, who, you know, which I, I disagree with, although I'm not going to be divisive about it or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. This whole, this, you know, I'm an introvert anyway. So I was like relieved a lot of the time. Like, oh God, you know, God, I don't <laughs> totally. have to go to these things, you know? Um, but I, I you know, it, yeah, it's just been so interesting. The newsfeed, everything. I don't know. It's I've been. Um, so what I've been doing is just spending time in nature. You know, I've been feeding the birds. I have like you know, seven families of birds that I like know and I'm feeding, you know, I feed the crows cat food in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, I've made friends with the woodpeckers, you know, I, there's like a baby skunk on the property somewhere that, uh, that I left out my leftovers for last night. Bad. I know that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our natural world is so wonderful. And that's kind of what stabilizes me when when this the all the human stuff gets a little crazy the marvel of nature and what has been brewing on this planet for millions of years you know well, you know the, the the delicate little balances between you know the the bees and the flowers and you know all this stuff so it, it's fascinating and um helps, helps me feel connected to something you know we co-evolved with all this with this whole planet you know it, it's um it's worth protecting. So, you know, for me, the, um, watching the climate change cycle, you know, ramp up and all that stuff has been very disturbing. And, um, I, I feel like that's our most important calling as, Amen. as a species right now, we were given, you know, we were put into this perfect, you know, wonderful, um, biosphere, you know, that's, um, all everything's here for us. And, you know, and just in a hundred, 200 years, we've, you know, managed to, to, um, destroy so much. So it's really important for people to, you know, stop the, stop the sprawl, stop the um, consumption of resources and try to, um, protect what, you know, what's left. Yeah. You know, it's so it's so interesting that you talk about the birds and you talk about your relationship with them. I, I moved from Queens up to the suburbs during this whole thing to get the hell out of New York when that when the pandemic was happening, you know, and with my wife being at the hospital and stuff, we've got like a family of blue jays and cardinals that love our the food we offer them. And then we have a couple of hummingbirds. So to keep my wife kind of like uh, relaxed at work, I'll send her pictures and videos and updates of all of the birds. And she's like, like will call me the minute she gets in the car and she's like, wait, so what happened with the Cardinals today? And I'm like, you're not going to believe it. Like they were eating together at the feeder. And I think we should get another one of those. And, but it's the nature that like, 
literally, I think the thing that has the only thing that has stayed somehow constant and silent yet the loudest is nature, like being able to find just a quiet place to go. You know, I joke my apartment in Queens, my view out the window was another guy's bathroom. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> now I've got this like, you know, deer and woodpecker and all this great stuff. And it's just, it, it is, that's so cathartic. It's funny. Like all the people I know that have seemed to come out the best uh, mental health wise are the ones that say they've really tapped into nature. So they're lucky to be, you know, on a farm or whatever, <laughs> or different yeah. spots where that's uh, available to them, you know, but it Even makes that, me wonder. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying it makes me wonder like what the climate thing, because the climate thing is the real thing. Like now I'm even like, whatever about politics, like the whole left, right thing. You realize there's an asteroid coming for us, right? Like metaphorically speaking. So I'm like, wow, if that goes, then what do we have? Like our mental health is going to be in real jeopardy when nature is no longer an option. What do we do then? You know, kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, but totally. stop all this, you know, all this dumb little squabbling over bullshit and like, look around. Yeah. Um, and if, if you don't have access to a park or a window that isn't someone's bathroom, um, <laughs> YouTube has some great videos. It's like the whole slow TV thing where you can like um, just get on someone's hike. You know, they do like a three hour hike and you just kind of bob up yeah. there in the camera. Um the guy who does the crime pays but botany doesn't show has been really great. And he's just like, a <laughs> what is that? Crime pays but botany doesn't? Yeah. Oh, it's a great. He's a he's a botanist, but he's like a Chicago guy. So he's like, oh, look at this little fucking flower with the little. <laughs> look at that. Oh, look at that little guy. Oh, look at this. You know, he's got, you know, he's speaking like a modern person, but he's talking about, you know, the intricate, you know, construction of little flowers and stuff like that. And he goes on high. <laughs> and he, you know, he just walked around and said, hey, look at this. This is a, you know, Fabioche or whatever, a, you know, Latin uh, word just to <laughs> surround myself with with intelligent um, broadcasting, you know, yes. like, oh, the dumbing yeah. down and of everything. So I I've, I've found myself like trying to find like really geeky podcasts to listen to. So I feel like I'm hanging out with smart people. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you know it helped, yeah, you know, it helped me sleep quite a bit. Like on that YouTube thing, there's an eight-hour video of a train ride through Norway that they literally <laughs> just put a camera on the top of the train and it just goes through like the hills of Norway. And I swear <laughs> it's like watching a Xanax. Like you just you're out cold. Like you just hear chuka 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 and you're out. And it's just really incredible. But you're right. There are like just choose the things. Even if you're stuck in a cubicle, you can escape to a cool YouTube or, you know, yeah. that's the kind of thing that I thought was really neat about Jerry and the whole scuba diving thing. That's my you thing, know? man. That's, that's the my getaway. The underwater, like not being around people no one's asking for anything from you and you just are able to. Gerbil, gerbil, gerbil in your ears. And you see the craziest <laughs> shit. I mean, it's like being in uh, outer space, it. you know, I just love that out of your element thing. Yeah. It like immediately puts you in a meditative state. Like this instant, I could do it in my pool. I just float in my pool with a snorkel and I just hang there like a dead person. You know? Oh, that sounds really good. I like Man, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, uh, it's quick when you're just like, you know, just. 
Meditation, <laughs> I guess, is what we'll, one of the things we'll turn to with this when you yeah. can't go out in the woods anymore. <laughs> Did you pick up that water, love? Absolutely. Um, not only was I like raised by the beach, you know, in California and like, even though it's freezing cold, a lot of my childhood memories are at being like hypothermic, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just look kind of numb when you come out of the ocean. Um, but yeah, but a lot of our great quality time together was um, on vacation in Hawaii and doing the diving. And uh, yeah, he was really comfortable in the water and he loved, you know, just getting in there and, and, you know, being, graceful being weightless being you know friends with the little secret communities in the rocks you know it's beautiful really beautiful (laughs) the same thing anything any kind of crazy thing that you think the aliens are gonna be like a crazy fucking laser beams come out of their eyes we have all that stuff here yeah Yeah. all the, the deep sea animals with the flashing lights the you know it's just it's it's marvelous and um yeah fucking protect our oceans yeah i have this uh uh, a couple of uh instagram follows that are like deep sea stuff and uh so i have a little show in my mind called dot 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 but no on aliens because this thing will come up in my feed it's like what the hell is that like it looks so alien it's like okay that's fine but no on aliens like, come on, it just, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> it's uh, never I've, noticed, I've noticed on your Instagram, Trixie, that you're spending quite a bit of time, like, with, uh, with your, with your, like, mom and sisters and stuff like that. And it's kind of cool to see, like, the, the, the crew of women behind the Grateful Dead world that are still, like, you guys are so, like, tight and powerful and strong and with the Garcia handpick line and all the other stuff. But it's got to be a pretty incredible – I wanted to ask you about that, you know, because it's like, yes, Donna was on stage and, yeah, they sang Women Are Smarter and all that. But, like, you guys are the – you know, behind every great man's a great <laughs> five or six women. So what's it like having such a tight community, like relationship and, you know, community with like your mom and sisters and stuff like that? Um, well, my family's great. You know, they're lots of fun. They're all super funny, you know? So my mom is the queen of just have fun. You know, I, you know, one of my, yeah, I'm always like, Oh God, can, can we just have a serious conversation? They're all like, life's too short, you know? Uh, so that's been frustrating for me, but, but the, I'm learning how to, you know, life is too short and how do we have fun? Um, yeah, psychedelic family. And we're very tight. You know, we, we, my mom and Jerry broke up, you know, shortly after I was born and we were kind of like on the road, you know, being nomadic and, you know, we did like homesteading, you know, my mom took us to rural Oregon where we all learned how to like chop wood and, you know, feed the cows and, you know, do all this crazy hard labor. And, you know, the, um, Part of that also learned from the Ken Kesey scene, this kind of um, work play balance, you know, they all mm. work their asses off every day and got shit faced every night, you know, <laughs> you know, not that I condone shit facedness, but you know what I'm saying? Work hard, play hard. <laughs> work hard, play hard, you know, like, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a pretty strong work ethic from that and my mom and having, you know, us being like sustainable and, um, you know, doing this uh, or self-reliant, I guess I would say, you know, doing canning and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
so the men were like the um, artists, I guess, you know, we do all the, all the hard work around, you know, all the stuff and they go up and, you know, play the guitar, do their, do their <laughs> thing and come back and yeah, to, to, um, to that. And our family did get back together when I was um, like 11. So like five years, you know, we we're off on the road back together at 11 and I got to go through, you know, high school with the family. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't done forever, but, um, yeah, my mom and sisters are super awesome. Uh, like fun, like a barrel of monkeys, you know, we like <laughs> Christmas is like all gag gifts. You know, my mom loves nothing more than like a, her fart cushion, you know, she loves <laughs> cushions and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. she's like endlessly a prankster. It's hilarious. And, um, she's a, she's a real treasure. She's a treasure. But I live she in California is. and my family lives in Oregon. So I don't I don't get to see them there very much. But um but when how's I do, your how's um, your part of California doing? Because I heard the fires are already like getting crazy. Yeah, um I'm on the coast, so we get the fog has been part I think part of the global warming thing, the fog is like getting more intense over here. So San Francisco, mm. Santa Cruz, um, you know, kind of protected from that moisture. But as soon as the wind changes, it gets very scary and hellish around here. Um, mm. But we're seeing the fight, like this is another um, climate change thing. You know, what yeah. was happening in, in California, you know, over the past couple of years is now happening in Oregon. So, mm. the, so the, you know, the, it's, it's heading northward, the, 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 um, re the reconsumption of the forests or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaky. <laughs> It's freaky, and we got earthquakes, fires. So um, everything is just like life. It's all like a mystery, isn't it? Like that's yeah. I guess at the end of the day, that's kind of what um, what refreshes my brain. It's like it, you know what? It's all it's all gonna just be gone like that, and it'll be a mystery. And like, what's the fucking? That's why I like this podcast because I feel like you know, I hope most people are struggling struggling with how to figure out just what the hell's going on inside and out you know and like talking to people about that I, I feel like uh help it helps me it makes me feel better it's therapeutic and uh i don't know maybe the problem is not enough people are trying to figure it out i don't know it's no there's no answer though you know the yeah. i think yeah. you know there, I mean, that, and that, that's like, I don't know, I find solace in the mystery at the, at the end of all of it. Like all, you know, no, it, it puts it back into a carpe diem kind of um, live in the moment kind of attitude, you know? Yeah. Our brains are far too complex for, for this. And we're, we're creating problems where there aren't problems and, and we're wired to look for threats. You know, where, mm. you know, that's the hard wiring hasn't um, changed much. So, so that's why you always, it's always negative news, you know, cause no one's really looking for the good thing. So that's, you know, we have to kind of train yourself to kind of um, balance your intake of news and information in a way that helps you not feel totally depleted and hopeless. Right. So mm -hmm. make sure yeah. you go find some good news um, every day. That's a hundred percent true. There's something you said there too. That's like, we're always creating problems where there aren't any. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and like 
walking my puppy around, I run into people and they have to somehow monkey wrench a political thing into a conversation just to see which, what your reaction is, right? If they talk about the Pelosi palaces or if they talk about stupid McConnell or whatever. And I just go, I, I watch cartoons and listen to The Grateful Dead. I'm like, I really don't know much about politics or I don't know who you're talking about. And I play dumb. Like I literally like if that someone brings up Pelosi, I'm like, is that Walking Dead or is that like Handmaid's Tale? Like I pretend I don't know it's who they both. are. It's both. <laughs> it's totally, yeah. Game of games. And, uh, and they just leave me alone. You know, it's kind of like this amazing thing that like people have this innate need now to you either have to 100 percent agree with me or 100 percent disagree with me. And I want to either very powerfully like argue or powerfully like, yes, we're in solidarity and there's no middle. Like, so if you go like, yeah, I really don't care. Like I don't believe in any of it and whatever. And like, they just will ignore you. And it's kind of an amazing like kryptonite for this ego driven world that we're in right now. Way to be free of it because I mean, yes, politics are important because they can shape our future, but you don't need to carry it every day. You know, you don't. And we, it doesn't need to be, you know, they've used us like pawns in their dumb fucking little games, you know, and, and we don't try not to get sucked into those traps. Uh, yeah. yeah, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I want to encourage, you know, deadheads to be um, involved, you know, too much of the, of the 60s resulted in people checking out, you know, and it left right. a lot of stuff unaddressed, mm-hmm. you know. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done and people need to stand up for what's right. You know, it's important. important. People with that, uh... you know, the personal thing and then the group thing. So, you know, personally, you go float around and, you know, watch cartoons. But, you know, collectively, (laughs) we got to look out. Yeah, I'll get my news and I'll digest it myself and I don't need anybody else's opinion. And that's okay. Like that to me is where I kind of like, I agree with you. I think that the most important thing right now is, look, I don't care if a Republican president was like, my stance is the environment. I would have to like, listen to what he had to say. Do you know what I mean? Or her, because it's just like, I don't give a damn what's, which side you're on. We're on a ball that's catching on fire. Yeah, like, man. Just figure it out. One of you or both of you or whatever. And to let that go undone because of this, like, it's just tribalism. You know, it's the Cowboys versus the Redskins and we got to change the name and, you know, which I agree with. But it's like I don't have that. You know, I'm not going to if this if the um, team loyalty becomes more important than climate change, then it's all bullshit. (laughs) You know, like. Vote climate no matter who. That's what might be my (laughs) new bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When when we were um we chatted with uh your sister and I'm always interested in folks that grow up around a music scene, right? Like you don't choose what band your dad's in. You don't choose what, you know, <laughs> like, do you oh, grow growing up? Did you kind of like, uh, you know, of course you got to listen to the dead because you're 
backstage and you know you're on the bus growing up did you ever kind of go like hey you know what i think i want to go check out my own music i think i want to go like did you what was your musical path uh yes absolutely i got I got up to about Led Zeppelin on my own and was like, whoa, this is like too close to home. Like, I, you know, <laughs> it was great, but like I couldn't go any further down that rock and roll path. Yeah. I discovered jazz and hip hop, you know, and that was uh. my passion. I thought it was the most wonderful thing ever, you know? So I was, I was not, and you know, Grateful Dead to me was like one, it's one long song. Like, you can't tell me it's not just one song with different <laughs> interludes and choruses, right? So awesome to hear you say that. Uh, yeah, so I, um, it's, I mean, and then Jerry died, you know, as 20. So now it's like, oh, everything, you know, mm-hmm. listening to an album is full of just all this yeah. stuff, you know. So it's, it's, I get so much from it, but it can be um, draining at the same time. So I have a weird relationship with the Grateful Dead music is it is wonderful music it's really the best and my dad obviously a very talented musician but um yeah I I got it I was um I was excited to go see Heavy D and the boys you know I was um you know doing my own thing yeah I thought hip-hop and and I still believe hip-hop is one of the most beautiful you know stories of ever you take you know the the black struggle and put it in music and 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 then the um the knowledge is power, you know, all this stuff. It, it's an, it's an amazing thing. And I, and, um, these, you know, yeah, good music is, um, is so valuable to uh, human culture. And I, it's, uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't even know. It's, it, it, no, it's awesome for you to hear you say that I'm a huge yeah. hip hop freak too. And I love like the New York, like De La Soul sure. and Tribe Called Quest yeah. and, Nas oh. and like native oh, yeah, tongues totally. and I, I'm all, all those guys. Like I was, um, I had my own radio show in high school. Right. Um, <laughs> and I played just hip hop stuff. They, and you know, all this stuff with De La Soul, Three High and Rising was dropping. You know, we had like the single on vinyl. It's so excited. No one else in my school, like it was like 1990. No one else knew what the heck that was. You know, I ended up, um, ended up hanging out with the hieroglyphics crew in the Bay area. I lived with Del, the funky homo sapien for a while. No um, way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, all stuff I grew famously, up with. Yeah. I, you know, knew um, the guys in digital underground rest in peace, shock G who passed away yeah. last year and, you know, and through them, um, Tupac, you know, there was a whole, um, really like vibrant hip hop scene in the Bay area at that time. And I feel really lucky to have been there. And to, um, in my own way, had been around kind of greatness um, in in my youth. So, and it's interesting to see, you know, how, oh yeah, my mom was, you know, hanging out with like Neil Cassidy and all those guys too. It's just interesting how, um, how the world works like that. And different generations have their little, their little nuggets of, of um, treasure there. So what, what were, what got you into the jazz? Just... <sighs> exploring you all know, the different kinds I, of music. Yeah, I think it, my dad had a great record collection and yeah. I was um, pulling records, I think, for you know my radio show in high school, trying to find cool stuff, you know? Um, what was I the name of your radio I, show? <laughs> I don't know that it had, I don't know if it had a name. <laughs> <laughs> it was just my high school radio, like five watts, you know, you couldn't get it like off the campus. It wasn't like anything serious. 
Um, but it was a federally funded program that was in my high school. And I thought that that wow, was a cool thing. Neat. And I hope that's going on um, somewhere else. Yeah. That, that kids are getting into that. And then just, I love radio. Like our phones are able to get FM radio, but they don't put it in there. Right. I was like, <clears> Oh no, you can get it online. Well, but it's yeah, so, so interesting. You say that like FM AM, like free music out of the air commercial free radio yeah like that's one of like that's something i'd love to do for the grateful dead you know wouldn't that be nice if like there was like some sort of free radio like nationally or like a, a you know one of those tv programs with all the preachers are on how do they afford that and we can't do that like shouldn't we be able to do that so when people start talking about like oh grateful dead should be a church i'm like well if we were a church i'd want those things like that that air that airtime that's what i want i really want that airtime so people just fucking you know being lethargic in in tennessee can tune in and see something that's fucking cool thanks for listening we'll be right back after this hey there osiris listeners i wanted to tell you about our friends over at smart wool for more than 25 years smart wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. What's up, everyone? I'm Mike. And I'm O'Teal. And these are our Sunset Lake CBD gummies that are almost gone. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And with a product for everyone... They offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, and hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD-crafted coffee to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Want to know what I've been using a lot of, O'Teal? This salve with the arnica Uh, on on my old bones. You get back from a show. And you got tore ankle, rub a little bit of this on there. You're ready to dance the next day. And you know, S- Sunset Lake uh, comes a time listeners can visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME for 20% off of their purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code TIME. And tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening. Well, people being able to get tuned into things that we're not able to be, you know, marginalized or segregated or anything hidden. It really did spark, you know, big changes in culture like pirate radio. You know, that'd be great for that to. Uh, it's on my bucket list. I want to want to build an that's a cool right here. That's a cool project. Yeah. yeah. Let me know if you need help. I'd be happy to. You know, that's a thing that like when, when one of my uncles, God rest his soul, he was one of the coolest dudes and he turned me on to the Beatles and all that stuff and his record collection. And Sherlock Holmes was a thing that like we 
he like had the old Doyle books and I would read them, but he had a, one of the Navy radios that had like a giant band on one side that you can like get, you could tune into like ham radio, the ham radio. Yeah. Yeah. So like on Christmas we would go to his house and we would be able to listen to like a guy in London on their radio waves reading like Dickens Christmas Carol or whatever. And you could just hear, it just felt like we were teleported to like another place. And then you can listen to Scotland and you could listen to like, you know, an like an Arabic station. And it's just to hear the different intonations and tones and frequencies that other languages in the world spoke like at such a young age, it was kind of like, man, this thing is like listening to other planets, you know? And it was super cool because it was like, you're just hearing all of these different music and different time signatures and stuff. And it was all free on the airwaves. Yeah. It was just, 100% free and, and full of life. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's kind of cool though. Yeah. Now about- we have a lot of free stuff, but it comes with, Oh, ads and images and all blah, too much. Although Just my son simple. says <laughs> we went back to regular TV because the algorithm became too much to wrestle with. <laughs> so I got rid of like the, no. the stick, you know, and, and I was because when I said to my wife, I was like, remember how bad we thought commercials were and how we thought that's rewiring our brains? We didn't know about the algorithm, you know. So now Nigel is so frustrated with commercials. He's like, dude, because he's used to being able to push that skip yep. ads. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you just got to hit mute and then talk to me <laughs> or something. I don't know. Interact with people. Wow. <laughs> that's a That's a big stance to take uh, right now. <laughs> that's hard well I, I just I was losing the battle you know right with the screen time thing with kids I must must be crazy I hope it's, you have a good like um public NPR channel or something like a you have a PBS <laughs> channel it's like four PBS channels that are pretty good well we just have a lake and trees and sand and you know it's amazing <laughs> how much uh right before I went back to regular television like with commercials and stuff I was at my wits end and I just, he was on the computer and I said, Nigel, if you'll get off this computer, you can get as dirty as you want. And he looked up and he shut the computer <laughs> and then he ran outside and just got covered, dug a hole. I posted he on Instagram. <laughs> she sent me pictures. And I was like, fuck you, YouTube. Dirt wins. My kid's still a kid. You don't get to, you know, I was just like, <laughs> it was, but I was like, wow, nature can still do it, man. You just got to give it a chance. Just close that thing and and let them go. So now it's just a matter of balance. But it's scary when when your five year old, he's older now, but wakes up first thing in the morning. He's like, Dad, I need to Ryan's world, blah, blah. And it's like a crackhead. And you're like, I've totally friggin failed as a father. Like totally failed. He's an addict. You know, it's just like, wow, it was a mind. It really did a number on me. That's crazy because that's every friggin' kid in the America right now. And it's, it's probably so easy for parents just go, all right, shut up. Here's the thing, you know, like, and, and I'm sure like half of the parents are just like, give them what they want, you know, um, going outside and playing with a stick and some dirt is going to learn you. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You're going to learn about physics and consequences and shit like that. You know, it's so much better for your brain. Yeah, you cut yourself and bleed and then realize, don't do that again. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's taken and it's just bouncing it, bouncing it out right now. Uh, part of it, I was talking with a friend of mine and um, he was saying, you know, his son is, is older. You know, I think he's 13 or 14 right now. And, but that's his world. His world has these yeah. devices in it. You know, like there's no turning back the clock. I mean, I guess we could buy a farm and go live somewhere and just go Amish. But I mean, if we're going to stay in society, you have to kind of make some peace with it because you're just now you're the old guy. Oh, back when I was young. But, you know, it just happens like that. You <laughs> we know? had commercials when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're going to make your kid the the weird one if you don't let him have the things that the other kids have. It's a fucking it's a trap. Yeah. It's awful. I, yeah. I, well, you don't, I have don't have kids, but I like Me to either. think they would have a pretty rough luck. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, yeah. No, you have to bounce that. And it's certainly, you know, obviously we're in the anti-authoritarian camp, you know, so it, uh, it's weird being playing that role. Um, but you just have to, because otherwise you're gonna have a real problem on your hands and you can see other people that haven't taken up the struggle and the results are not pretty. Like by the time they're 12, you've, it's, you already screwed it up. Like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's there's hope for even even the worst kids but yes as far as the being a parent you got to stand up and be willing to be unpopular with your own kids for a minute you know uh that was my my dad's thing too you know he never wanted to be a drag he never he didn't think he had you know any ground to stand on to tell anyone else what to do and stuff you know um so I yeah I acted out a lot as a teenager which in retrospect was probably you know typical attention uh yeah. screams you know but yeah you got to you got to keep your kids close I'm always impressed by those families who have like teenagers hanging around thinking their parents are cool and stuff I'm like yeah wow. <laughs> Wow. What's that like? <laughs> I know. Well, it's usually more on our scene too, really, when you think about it. Like I've I've played on other scenes. I haven't seen that many where like there's parents that bring their kids and the kids want to come. And sometimes yeah. there's grandparents too. And it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. You know? Yeah. It's interesting you say that one time I brought my little sister before I started doing stand up, me and my little sister went to see Brian Regan, who's this comedian. And like he's very clean, squeaky clean. And mm -hmm. there was grandparents, parents, children, grandchildren, all watching the same comedian. And when he did a bit, the grandchild would turn to the grandmother and go, He's doing your favorite bit. And then, like, and they were enjoying it together. And it was like, Whoa, like, that's an artist. Yeah. That's a way to go. Like, figuring out a way to hit four generations with like your observation of a UPS delivery guy or whatever. <laughs> Timeless yeah. material. Timeless material, right? <laughs> Airplane food. No, but it was just kind of neat to watch that as kind of like a man. That's he, he put in his hours, he put in his time, you know, and he knows how to transcend generations and just like the dead. You know? like, and I worried about it more as I had kids because, you know, it starts with self centering and you got to stop cussing and you got to stop, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, well, wow, I can't listen to that with my kid around and I can't 
watch that with my kid around, you know, and then you find somebody like Tom Papa or somebody, or, you know, uh, Gaffigan, yeah. you know, Regan, yeah. where you're like, oh, I could watch this with my kids. What a relief. Sebastian Maniscalco is like that too. Yeah. Man. I um, even yeah. like, you know what I've been doing lately is <laughs> watching America's funniest videos. Like one thing I never liked as a kid was the corny TV show comic, you know, and I think oh, on, yeah, yeah. on this version is Alfonso Ribeiro. And he's definitely, <laughs> he's, you know, on purpose being like, yeah. but you know, it's so much fun with my son that I have, I'm actually like seeing it on a different level. Like I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. I can't watch MMA with him or whatever, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. so it's really nice to have, I, I, I guess I'm finding like a, a corny side or something that is a real relief. It's weird. Those videos. I mean, the, one of the best things that the internet is giving us are the cute, kitty in videos and stuff like that little cute animals and little yeah just precious moments we can all laugh at someone falling in the pool together you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> except for their like, algorithm yeah. takes it there's the weirdest thing um nigel found this thing he was watching peppa pig and then all of a sudden peppa pig gets blown up by a grenade and then george georgie pig gets his arm chopped off. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? This is not. And so it's a, it turns out there's like people are doing dark versions of kid stuff, which the algorithm like spliced into his thing. I was like, dude, no evil Peppa Pig. No. Man. And I just am always like, God, can't you just have, you know. And then, so Otil, you say to me, man, you really should be a dad. You should really have kids. And I'm like, my dog doesn't watch Peppa Pig, dude. My dog's playing with sticks and dirt. So I'll stick with Charlie for sure. Was it like I couldn't see Jerry be I mean, granted, I wasn't with you. I couldn't see him like go to your room. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. No, he was, you know, he didn't care. He was like, yeah, whatever. He um, I mean, he did care, but he didn't want to be. He didn't want to be authoritarian. Yeah, he I um, as a teenager, I was like throwing parties at his house when he was on tour, you know, and um, I got but oh God, so out of hand parties and um, I got busted. <laughs> and the next time he went on tour, he tried he left me a note that was so precious. He's like, no parties. And then dot, dot, dot was more than 5000 people. <laughs> and then he left me <laughs> cash. He just couldn't do it. He, he didn't. He didn't want to be a drag, and um, he was such a sweetheart. He, so yeah. did that really all great. fall to your mom? Uh, yes, but she was similar, you know. So I did. There mm. was no real. I was uncontrollable. There was no. <laughs> there was no way to control me. Uh. Uh-uh. No, so you're lucky to be here, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Th- I. I I got out there. did you thoroughly enjoy like the life on the on the road and tour and like being with the band and the crew and all those kind of being raised by a by a a pack of insane people (laughs) pack of pranksters Um, you know the you had a million moms and dads and uncles you know i know the whole shebang didn't go on the road but the bay area shows were definitely like home you know you know the whole the hog farmers and the bill graham presents and you know, all these people that, um, you know, were, were there all the time creating the ambiance, doing the, the kids room, you know, the Grateful Dead at one time 
know, like 300 employees, you know, in a huge fucking scene backstage, massive scene backstage. Yeah. They hire, you know, Wavy Gravy was the clown and he'd do game all during the show for like five hours every night at this huge thing where they just watched all the kids and had games and activities and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, so it was a, it was a cool event for all the kids to come to, too, even though our experience of the show was basically like just do a lap, couple laps through the hallway you know, for fun or, or go find some ground scores or like try and, you know, dodge the <laughs> blender in the hallway of like the spinners, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. Like, go yeah. find ground scores. Yeah, ground scores. I, I never find found it. too great. But it's crazy memorable. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a psychedelic daycare yeah, with <laughs> wavy gravy stuff. Dude, I mean, I and Uncle Steve Parrish with some wild <laughs> stuff normalized, right? Like I've witnessed, you know, like the the just the the types of stretches that a, a array of hippies will do in the morning. You know, the kinds of like warm up stuff that like someone you know who studied yoga or you know ecstatic <laughs> dance or whatever. You know, just like. Um, a lot of movements and things became normalized to me because that was my culture, you know? So like, yeah, I'll get up and do some crazy like yoga stretch out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, no, that's normal. Or like <laughs> just whatever, Be it, you know, a certain level of magic, you know, um, in your life is like totally normalized. Like, oh yeah, sure. You want to, you totally got to clean your crystals in the moonlight. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know, just like um, it is another world, and I'm I'm very thankful for it because it allows me um, the freedom to to kind of um, take what take what I want and leave what I don't want and, and assemble my own little um, version of reality made out of all this weird ass shit that's out there. You know, yeah, what a what an amazing colorful group of people. Yeah, <laughs> it's been great, and they the hippies took really good care of me. You know, nothing but love from from all these people. You know, I've been I've been held and gifted and kissed, and you know, it's it's been really sweet. <laughs> Everybody could use a little more Harry Potter in their lives. I think I got that from my mom. Like my mom, the more the older I get, I really go. My mom was the hippie. My old babysitter, old babysitter, even said it. Stephanie Flag, me and Kofi. Uh, ran into her in New Orleans at a jazz fest. And so we're talking and, you know, getting as adults now, we're seeing the the picture as she tells it. And she goes, your mother was always such a hippie. And I was like, wow, really? You know, and then I then I think back, I was like, yeah, you know. So I th maybe that's where I, I plugged in. I got my little, you do have to be able to create your own, uh, it's like your imagination shape your life, basically. You know, yeah. when yeah. we had your mom, when we had we had your mom on and we she talked about how it was all about like being game and being like available and being like ready to get like that's the thing I think that's so I'm so stoked to hear that like you in the hip hop world like that to me is so neat because it's like that's such a rich American scene like jazz and like the grateful dead that it's a purely american experience yeah. thing and to get into it with that 
upbringing of watching twirlers like stretch, but to be able to see like someone scratch a record or someone like freestyle, right? Like that must've been like, you know, I'm fascinated by the history of jazz and I'm fascinated by like the history of the pranksters and bluegrass and all that stuff, whatever, because it's like, where did it come from? And all these things bring it into one. And like you said earlier, like the experience that fed the lyrics of hip hop. Right. So it's gotta be kind of neat to come from the dead scene and go into a young, vibrant 1990 was like early. I mean, hip hop was what two, two decades old at maybe a decade and a half old. So you had that whole like, Oh, neat. Like this is another like young American scene. Yeah. Like a Renaissance seeing, you know, seeing an amazing cultural event um, unfold here. And, and it was so promising because the, you know, uplifting of a, of a nation of oppressed people and giving them a, a you know, having taken their voice and, you know, musicality and you know, just fa- fabulously beautiful fucking scene. And, you know, if you've never, you know, one of my favorites is The Last Poets too, Gil Scott Harrod and that whole scene, you know, oh, just beautiful. You know, it's, it's so yeah. awesome to listen to. Um, did I, you ever and social commentary is all baked in, you know? Whitey's on the moon. <laughs> you know? It's, it's a great fucking song. And and um the passing the tradition, the storytelling tradition, I guess, is in there too, right? Where you can you Oral can tradition. covert even if people are just jamming out, you're covertly delivering information, you know, into their brains. And um that's important. And I wish the, you know, hip hop is, is, has evolved into a lot of different things, but, you know, I was really on, on that conscious, you know, uh, level. yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's like, the, I, um, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say, it's like the, um, it, to me, like I, I've missed the whole hip hop thing. Cause I was like going back studying really old folk music but now i see it like in that context like it's the delta blues and gospel of this time it's just that folk music out of this time and place you know and uh it's really cool what was so cool about it too is like bronx is burning right like grew up like 60 miles or something from the Bronx and didn't realize it actually was legitimately burning. (laughs) Like I didn't know that, like we weren't taught that. And then you learn about it through hip hop and now through documentaries and everything else. You're like, Jesus Christ, the Bronx actually were set on fire while hip hop was like being made. And it's just like, it was the music that told, it was like you said, Trixie, exactly. It was like the oral tradition. It's the history that wasn't making the books. That's right. We got to learn a lot. You know, a lot. When you look at the, um, you know, the beginning of some, a movement like Black Lives Matter, you know, it comes from people sharing their stories, you know, and, um, and the Me Too, you know, all that stuff. Like the the things that I learned listening to hip hop about, like just the, you know, fuck the police, you know, all, all this stuff was, it's, it turns out to be fucking real, you know, all that shit was real. And, and it wasn't just like, um, you know, kids pro you know, profiling and stuff. It, it, these are real stories. And, um, Chuck D is still like one of the only people I follow on Instagram. I'm very anti-social media. So, so don't, um, I just, I, it's like a black hole to me. I don't, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to no. be sucked into it. So, so I don't post much on social media anymore, but Chuck D is like, Chuck D is the only person I really follow. 
just because wow and you know he makes art now too like he does paintings mm-hmm. and stuff i want to i want to get one of those when we talked with your sister too about like that's the thing that i think that it should only be used for on you got your level is just like share your art you know like somehow let people know where they can get it and where they can you know yeah. that's the that's really yeah. like the only thing I think it's good for. Absolutely. For, and for um, sharing good news and, and interesting um, stuff. But yeah, the whole like, you know, makeup tutorials and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really. really right, yeah. And it's hard. Everyone, you know, it's hard to. I don't feel I don't feel happy on, on social media. So, yeah, Annabelle has been doing tons of art and I hope that she um, gave you guys like links or has a website set up or anything. I have no idea. We shared a bunch of stuff, but yeah. we want to talk to you real quick about the Garcia handpicked cannabis. Yeah, line. we were can so you tell us what, to get yeah, sponsored can, by them. You're, yeah, thank you for your sponsor and that we're partners. Which uh, is yeah, they're so they're, cool. Uh, Garcia handpicked is a super cool um, group of people. Obviously, we're part of it, but the uh, the people at Holistic Industries are good people. Um, we've had a lot of fun, and they just they know that um, you know they they have like this budget for stuff. So we're <laughs> why not you know throw it around within our community? It, it's a win win for them. You know they get to um, have some integrity and. Um, that's really what it's all about is not to come out here, you know, like how we saw the Bob Marley brand rolled out was kind of like, you know, what a, how pathetic, Um, but no, they're, they're great, but they, that was really early and they blew a bunch of money and, and kind of um, made celebrity brands seem um, like a ripoff, but this is some, but Garcia handpicked is something that um, I've been trying to find a good deal for many years because you know i'm a cannabis user i don't really drink much i don't do other things but i smoke a lot of weed um and i you know obviously you know jerry had drug problems i've you know i've been to a million concerts and i know that the worst part of any concert is by the bar you know where where people are spilling drinks and puking and fighting and it's just a fucking gross you know thing and the fact that it's so normalized in our country like oh oh here have a martini and and with your kid on your lap you know but oh have a joint with your kid on your lap well okay wait but the the smoke thing is real but anyways it's just um how normalized alcoholism like oh you know drunk drivers are just a part of life now we just got to accept that people are out there fucked up and you know putting our lives at risk so um yeah the whole drug war was total bullshit and they they were trying to oppress the um the the war dissidents um Mm -hmm. by creating the the drug war and now we have like nixon on tape or the one of his dudes on tape actually saying that it was a purposeful thing they were doing to black people and hippies you know, the drug war, uh, it's fucked up. And now, and look at where we are now, like 50 years later, all the fucking, you know, everyone's in, in prison and um, they've, they've managed to successfully oppress all of their um, best people. Yeah, we had somebody on from Last Prisoner Project where they're trying to get out <clears throat> these people that are still in jail in places where it's legal. It's like, wait a minute, you legalize it. Like, let these guys out. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And think about how think about how far back mental health, um, you know, the fact that psychedelics oh. were so bastard, like demonized, like think about how many suicides, veterans and non-veterans that maybe 
LSD and MDMA therapy could have saved, but you know, those hippies got a hold of it and those club kids called it ecstasy and now it's bad, you know? So, I mean, it's all bullshit, but the thing that's beautiful about the Garcia handpicked line is like the craftsmanship and like the quality that went into like the, the gummies are shaped like little picks and there's like quotes from Jerry and there's like the hand on the, you know, the hand on the, on the, the, the oh, joint holder. I just and it's shirt you had on. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I love this one. It's my favorite. I got to lose weight so it fits better. This is like, this is in one of my like motivational t-shirt bins. I have like so many t-shirts that I won't throw out and I'm like, it's labeled someday. <laughs> I'll lose so some weight. I like, see. A- like the jeans. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. As a, you know, as a concert freak, it's like all these t-shirts that I bought when I was really high and I'm like, I could fit into a medium. Sure. Well, that's why you need kids. Yeah. We had a ton of fun with Garcia handpicked um doing the designing. You know, that's what we did like over the pandemic is get together and so cool. um, work on the way it's presented. And, and you know, the caveat for me is that the product needs to always be good. You know, we don't want to ever <laughs> have anyone be like, oh, why'd they do Jerry like that? It's yeah. a shitty week. You know? no, no, no. That's not gonna, we're not gonna do that. So yeah. And it's been, it's, it's such a pride of cultivation thing for so many people. And um, I have so many friends who are pot growers. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a great steam night. And I hope that, um, you know, we, I don't know, geez, we're gonna, we're gonna probably underwrite a bunch more events. Like maybe we can create some i'd love to create an annual event of just like a get to like a barbecue you know like well, everyone can just hang out with maybe get some cover bands to play or something and just or, hang out. Oh, or a podcast or teal and friends i'll play it <laughs> and maybe comes a time podcast yeah, we want to hang event. out we want to hang out with you though so. <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there'll be more, you know, more fun opportunities to do stuff because of this, um, cannabis brand, you know, they have the, are able to bankroll some of the things that like the record company won't do, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's been really cool for me just to, um, see, I guess see what they created a van, you know, they named a bus named Bertha. Yeah. The bus is cool. It's a green bus. Yeah. Out on the road. Yeah. So, um, the package design is really beautiful. The product is good. We're, um, I hope to someday do have like a, um, a place people can visit in California. Maybe besides like a consumption lounge, like a farm, you know, a little farm where we grow the weed and, you know, stuff people could come and have like a picnic or something i don't know, sounds, I don't know. california good. is is wonderful i uh i think it's the home of all the good outdoor weeds so <laughs> i uh, i expect us to stay have a base here in the future although it's it's the most competitive cannabis market so it's For difficult sure. but we're in like i think uh garcia's pick is already in like six states yeah massachusetts so, maryland um I can't forget the other ones, but I, I, I took a oh, visit up to Massachusetts. Great. Yeah. And the, uh, it's fantastic. It's good stuff. Are you Very good. Stuff. Yes, I have. Um, all, all of them actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause there's like, you know, the Indica sativa and hybrid and the hybrid's my favorite. I think it's lime fire skunk and man, it's mm. just spicy, peppery and, uh, 
Mm. Um, yeah, really, really tasty and uh, totally good with a uh, Grateful Dead or Jerry Band accompaniment. So <laughs> it, it makes right. my yeah, they, they have they have some like links of a yeah, there's list of what to listen to. to. Seriously, yeah. pairings like wine pairings, bro. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like this goes good with a you know. Let it rock from a 74 or like Eleanor Rigby. It's funny because the Indica stuff is the music I tend to listen to them. It was like a crazy fingers from like 83 or I'm like, yeah, totally. I I love it. I can't get it it here yet. So in Florida, but one day soon, once you hit the road, we can try to arrange to have someone meet you somewhere on on tour. The thing that's so awesome about talking with you and talking with your sister and all of that, Notila and I have talked about it kind of off, like just in conversation, just how important Jerry is and all of that, like seeing you guys and seeing him in you and all of that, like, it's really a thrill to be able to even be a part of this, uh, lineage or, or, you know, just conversation just to like share, like, you know, there's so many people that love you and want to hear from you. So we're just happy to have you here with us. So yeah, just thank you. Oh, well, you know, you should know I haven't done shit. I'm just someone's dumb kid. And, no, you've done um, some cool stuff. You gave us great weed. <laughs> I fucking I did smoke my share of weed. Yeah, it's it's like I'm just as thrilled to be here too. You know, like. What an amazing scene. And it, yeah, it blows me away all the time just trying to grasp what, you know, what my life is and what, you know, my dad did and how people cherish him, you know, going on or uh, this whole thing. Yeah, it's a fucking, um, it's a huge honor for me too. And and thank you guys for being interested in what I have to say because, you know, um, I'm just someone, I'm just a fly on the wall in this whole thing. So yeah, it's interesting. To me too, the the whole phenomenon, the all of it is is very interesting. Well, I think you know it's funny when you say, "Well, I'm just someone's dumb kid," and I get it on that level. But you know, one of the things I find so interesting is that everybody has a, a story, like folk music, right? But you guys' story is a very unusual one. Like it's very <laughs> like not many people had a childhood like that. So separate from Jerry and Phil and Bob and Mickey and Billy and all that, you know, it's just the whole thing, like growing up in that. It's a really unique story. And I think it's really fascinating and different than what people would expect. I think different, like, oh, well, that's just kind of the same. And then all of that's not like that would never happen to me in 10 million lifetimes, you know. So I I think uh, I love talking to you guys just about your own thing because it's really interesting i i think obviously we're banking on it being very interesting for our fans and not just because of jerry and all that you know hey we're all someone's dumb kid right yeah yeah i mean that's the whole thing right i could have been any you know anybody and any of you could have been born into this and been like what the fuck you know yeah here Thank I God am. it was the, the Grateful Dead. We could we could be doing an Aerosmith kids. Po- no, I'm just joking. For That's- real, and I've met some of the other, you know. I bet you yeah. met a whole gang of other rock star kids. It's fucking. It's a very interesting scene. It is. I have too, to just write. from like working with, you know, the Almond Brothers and seeing their kids, and then you meet 
all these other people, like when we would do the Beacon Theater, you know, all these people would come sit in. And so the family kind of expands and you meet their kids too. And it's a trip, man. It's, it's a wide variety of how that all played out, but also within the subset of stuff that most people can't imagine. You know, it's, I just, I find humanity fascinating. So yeah, totally. We That's find a great way your to humanity it. as fascinating yeah. as Jerry's or anyone else's because it's, you know, it's a, it's it's part of our human story, you know, and definitely part of our tribe story. And uh, so we thank you for opening up about that and uh, sharing yourself with us, you know. Yeah, My you're pleasure. awesome. Well, My we pleasure. love you, you, Trixie. And I hope we see you on tour. I won't feel bad if you don't come out. And I would totally understand. <laughs> I know Annabelle's like, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out, you know, but um I, I hope that I get to see you soon, no matter what, under any circumstances. I miss you. I'll be out there at a, one of those gigs somewhere, maybe. Excellent. <laughs> Great it was nice answer. hanging out with you guys. Yeah, thank you uh, so much for spending time. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Or... <laughs> well. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Osiris. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.